Welcome back. Here's Johnny listeners. It is I, Larry, joined by my fabulous games journalist co-host, <laughs> heading out to the Video Game Awards, which the only time I watched was with him. Mm. Well, I, I, might I hate to bored. tell you that the Video Game Awards will be over by the time this comes out. <laughs> yeah, I guess they will be. I guess they will be. Uh, so we're speaking to you from the past, but in the future, yeah. time is a circle. Uh, I already know how you're doing. I know you've been playing. The listeners yeah. do too. So I have a quiz. Oh, fuck. Okay. This is has to do with the movie. Obviously, we're reviewing Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Okay. Hyde, which I will be saying from now on, by the way. It will never be Jackal again. It's Jekyll. No, it's Jekyll. Uh, this is from Ducksters.com. This is supposed to be an elementary level quiz, Justin. And it is fuck. about famous chemists. I'm going to fail. <laughs> I How would do fail. you spell chemist? I don't know. Well, actually, okay, I do know that. But. The first question. What Swedish chemist helped to develop the notation for writing chemical formulas? Was it Amadeo Avogardo, Jean-Jacob Berzelis, Robert Boyle, Marie Curie, or John Dalton? I know it wasn't Marie Curie because that's the fucking whatever brings you pleasure lady. Um, is Dr. Jekyll an answer? No, he's not. Uh, I'm going to say the second one because I forget their names already. Perfect. Elementary, you said? <laughs> That's why I picked it because he claimed this what it was. All right. The answers are the same. The question is, what English chemist contributed to the atomic theory about atoms and elements? The first one. Okay. I think. I, again, I don't remember them, so whatever. The answers are the same. The question Fuck. is different. What Italian scientist discovered that equal volumes of all gases contain the same number of molecules when under the same conditions of temperature and pressure? Elementary, my ass. What was the third person's name? Robert Boyle. What was the fifth person's name? John Dalton. What was the first person's name? Amadeo Avogadro. That one. I, it sounds Italian to me too, buddy. Yep, that's what I was doing. <laughs> Who is considered the first modern chemist and a pioneer of the scientific method? The answers the are the same. Robert Boyle it is. Okay, of course he'd be a man. What? Well, because he boils over. <laughs> what Polish chemist coined the term radioactivity? The answers are the same. What? Who is the fifth person? John Dalton. What was the second answer? John Jacob Berzelius. Berzelius. Uh, the fifth one. Okay. You've still not picked Mary Curie yet. What French chemist is called the father of modern chemistry and developed the law of the conservation of mass? We have different answers. Oh, shit. Okay. Sir Humphrey Davy, Rosalind Franklin, Antoine Laviolette, Dmitri okay. Mendeleev, or Alfred Nobel? The third one. The French sounding one. <laughs> Antoine Lavoisier. What Swedish chemist invented dynamite? The answers are the same as previous. One more time, though, for you. Sir Humphrey Davy, Rosalind Franklin, Antoine Lavoisier, Dmitri Mendeleev, or Alfred Nobel? E. Dmitri Alvarez. Okay. <laughs> I think that was his name. I don't remember. What scientists used X-ray diffraction to help discover the DNA double helix? Uh, do any of them have dino in their last name? <laughs> no. Okay. Can, give me, hit me with the second one. 
Rosalind Franklin. Yeah. Perfect. What chemical, well, sorry, what chemist isolated and discovered many elements using electrolysis? Oh, hit me with the first name. Humphrey Davy. Sure. And then finally, what Russian chemist helped develop the periodic table? Hit me with the last name. Alfred Nobel. Fuck. Hit me with the, the fourth name. because that's Dmitry Medleyev. And it was a Russian that you wanted or German? Russian. Fuck. Yeah. It's number four. Justin, are you ready for this? What do you think you got out of ten? <laughs> Zero. Do you want to guess again? A one at most. I got seven? You got <laughs> seven shit. out of ten. The Swedish chemist who helped develop the notation for writing chemical formulas was John Jacob Berzelius. Oh, okay. You, for the second question, English chemist contributed to the atomic theory. You said Dalton. The correct answer was Amadeo Avogadro. What Italian scientist discovered equal volumes of all gases contain the same number of molecules under the same conditions of temperature and pressure? You were correct. It is Amadeo Avogadro, who was, who was considered the first modern chemist and a pioneer of the scientific method. It was Robert Boyle. You were correct. And then what Polish chemist coined the term radioactivity? The correct answer was Marie Curie. Then what French chemist is called the father of modern chemistry? You were correct. It is Antoine Lavoisier. The Swedish chemist who invented dynamite was not Dmitry Medvedev. It was Alfred Nobel, which is what the Nobel Prize is based off of, the guy who made oh. dynamite. Crazy. The chemist who used X-ray diffraction to discover the DNA double helix was Rosalind Franklin. The chemist isolated and discovered elements using electrolysis was Humphrey Davy. And you were right, Dmitry Medvedev is Russian as fuck. Who's the uh, the lady who helps you clean your house? A maid. No, the like lady who in, uh, developed the whole like, if it doesn't bring you happiness, get rid of it. Oh, Devin, who is the woman? She was popular for a while there, and she talked about like if it doesn't bring you joy, get rid of it. Marie Kondo. Marie Kondo. Oh, that's why I was like, oh, I can't be her. <laughs> I was wondering what you were referencing. Out. I was very confused. Yeah, that's what I was. Seven out of ten. That's not bad. That's a C. That is not an elementary school quiz. <laughs> that is a C. You did really good. Yeah. All right. All right. You're starting to sound like my parents. No, I'm really. Like, <laughs> I. I don't think. I don't think if I had tried to, like, you straight up guess. Yeah. I don't think me making best guess. Like, I would have told you to change some of those. Really? Yeah. Oh fuck. I didn't know him either. That's why I picked the quiz. I was like, "What the <laughs> fuck is this?" You ready to talk about some Jekyll and Hyde? I guess. All right. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is a 1931 American pre-code horror film directed by Ruben Mamoulian and starring Frederick March. Mamoulian, I am really certain you wouldn't recognize his other works, uh, but there are a couple of note. One being Becky Sharp, which was the first three-strip Technicolor film, and then The Mask of Zorro. I know Zorro. 
the mask of Zorro. That's yep. That's why it's uh, the mark of Zorro. It was established in the DC comics that this film, the mark of Zorro, is the film that Bruce Wayne and his family saw in the theater before his parents were murdered. Mamelian's film, The Mark of Zorro, is one of the bigger inspirations for the character of Batman. Similarities include the cowl, dark personality, mystery of identity, and in Batman the Animated Series, the character Grey Ghost is inspired by Mamelian's version of Zorro. Sorry for the Batman talk, but if I get a chance to talk about him, I'm going I to would take too. a shot. I would too. I don't blame you. Frederick March is one of the original members of the EGOT Club. And he has starred in films such as The Best Year of Our Lives, which is where he won his second Academy Award, The Royal Family of Broadway, The Original A Star is Born, and Death of a Salesman. The film is an adaptation of The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, which is an 1886 Robert Louis Stevenson tale of a man who takes a potion which turns him from a mild-mannered man of science into a homicidal maniac. This film was nominated for three Academy Awards, winning Best Actor for March, which he I didn't know, but he actually shared with Wallace Beery for his role in The Champ. I didn't know they shared awards. Yeah, back they, then they do. They, back then they must have. And it was uh, also nominated for Best Adaptation of Writing and Best Cinematography. Shot on a budget of five hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars, it grossed one point three million at the box office. I would be remiss. If I did not mention that in 1941, this film was remade starring Spencer Tracy. Spencer Tracy, uh, he's famous for acting opposite Catherine Hepburn. Some of his roles were Judgment in Nuremberg, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, which I talked about on here. That was on the AFI yeah. list. Inherit the Wind, that was one that Devin's mom told me to watch. And actually, Frederick March is in that too. They okay. actually star opposite each other. And Bad Day at Black Rock. Trivia. This is actually where I had the most fun doing the research for this. When MGM decided to produce its own version of Jekyll and Hyde in 1941 with Spencer Tracy, it acquired the rights to this film. In order to avoid any competition or unfavorable comparison, MGM suppressed this version and made it unavailable for viewing for decades. The remarkable Jekyll to, Jekyll to Hyde transition scenes in this film were accomplished by manipulating a series of variously colored filters in front of the camera lens. Frederick March's Hyde makeup was in various colors, and the way his appearance register on the film depended on the color filter that was being shot through. Only in the 1960s, so 30 years later, did Mammalian reveal how it was done. So it was one take. All that makeup was there. They just kept changing the filter. Oh, whoa. So that's how they were able to have the shot on his face and have it like change over time. Okay. We're cool. going to get to it, but cinematography is, without oh, yeah. a doubt, the best part of this movie. Absolutely. It is the first horror movie to ever win an Academy Award. Hmm. As Hyde kills Ivy, in the background, it is a sculpture of Cupid and Psyche. The very first film to be screened at the world's first film festival in August 6, 1932 in Venice, Italy. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Mr. Hyde's appearance was based on the Neanderthal man. I messaged Justin this, and we'll get to it when we get to plot, but... Dr. Jekyll has... Sorry. Mr. Hyde has a very concrete look to him. Yes. And I, me and Devin, when we were watching, like, this is, like, 
low-key racist. But then you find out what they actually based it on, and it wasn't based on, like, what I thought it was, which was good because, wow. The sound of the pounding heart in the transformation scene was actually Mammalian, the director's, his own. He recorded it after he ran up and down stairs for two minutes straight. I would just need to run up <laughs> two steps, <laughs> and you could probably get a louder beat. <laughs> the depravity of Hyde's character and Ivy's brazen overtures to Jekyll are well served by the pre-code rendition of the story. In the 1941 version, a lot of this was lost in the MGM remake, adhering to the dictates of the production code of Hollywood. Ivy was changed from a prostitute, which is very clear in this movie, to a music hall barmaid. Although some of Spencer Tracy's transformation imagery in the later version was fairly code. Mm, interesting. The only version where Dr. Jekyll's name is pronounced Jekyll, which Justin is the correct pronunciation. Jackal is wrong. It is Jekyll. This was the originator. It In Robert Louis Stevenson's book, it is pronounced Jekyll. Interesting. For 80 years, sorry, for years, the 80-minute version of this film was the only one available. Then, in the mid-1990s, a version running 92 minutes, which is the one that I watched on TCM, was released. It included a few scenes that were previously censored. I don't know what those scenes were, so I couldn't tell you. Okay, I, I also watched this on the Criterion channel as well, just to make sure that we had the same one. My man. It held the distinction of being the only horror film nominated for the Golden Lion at the Venice Film Festival until 2009 when George Romero's Survival of the Dead became the second, 80 years Hold later. Hold the fuck on. Survival of the Dead became not, was nominated? So, I believe that nomination, if I'm knowing my timeline correctly, was more of a recognition of the end of his life okay. and his last film and just giving him kudos. Because I also saw Survival of the Dead, and I don't think it's a good movie. He died in 2017. Wow. Did he make any movies after this? Uh, I'm sorry, my my zombie knowledge no, is no, 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 very no, 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 fucking no, no, no. limited. Um, this was his last film. Okay, so I I think that's what it was. But again, I am not the Romero head that a lot of other people are, so I could be. Sp- we should bump into him. Like, We've only done night. Yeah, we should definitely do more. We should finish I, the trilogy at the very least. Well, and uh, fuck, where is it? Sorry, um, I was obviously just seeing his filmography. Like, we should watch Creep Show. I think Creep Show is very important. I don't know uh, if I even have Creep, the... Creep Show. What? So I don't know if I have Creep Show. Oh yeah, we should watch the OG Crazies, which is like super fucked up. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I haven't. It's. It's a lot more about what people would do if it happened. It's darker, very dark. But yeah, we we definitely need to hit up like his stuff. I think, especially Dawn of the Dead. I fucking love Dawn of the Dead. Like, what's the one the in the OG mall? And the remake. What? Is Dawn the one in the mall? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 
No, we, we should definitely fin- finish the Unholy Trilogy at the very least. Okay, cool. And do Creepshow. This Creepshow's awesome. I, like I said, once we finish the Mad Scientist season in 2035... <laughs> I know, but that's like... That's, I'd get a friend. <laughs> okay, yeah. plot summary. This is actually one that I think a lot of people know. I mean, for Christ's sake, it's basically in the Page Master, right? Like, if yeah. you watched that as a kid, you've seen it. Um, Dr. Jekyll is a man of science. He is engaged to Muriel, right? That's her name? Mary? Uh, yes. Mary? Mary Muriel. No, Muriel. Muriel. I think it's Muriel. And Muriel's dad is a giant dick, and he is just basically doing everything within his power to make sure that Jekyll can't wed his daughter. It's because he owns her, right? Yeah. And it's super annoying, and Jekyll's all pissed off by it, but he's a good doctor, and a prostitute ends up getting hurt and tries to seduce Dr. Jekyll, and she smacks a kiss on his lips, and he pulls away, and is... He does not pull away. <laughs> Yeah, he, he enjoyed the kiss a little bit. His friend came in, <laughs> gave him a little bit of shit. Uh, but Jekyll was working on this experiment to try to separate the the duality of man, right? The man from the beast. And so he takes his potion. And in one of the coolest scenes I've ever seen due to the time period it was shot. Yeah. He transforms into Mr. Hyde goes and hunts down ivy the prostitute and basically you're mine now bitch and locks her in a room and abuses her and it's really really terrible to her and it's really really uncomfortable to watch yeah and then after a period of time he turns back into the jekyll he goes to muriel and he's like hey like like let's get married i want to do this the dad's like nah fuck you bro we're going on vacation and then so he turns back into mr hyde and he goes and abuses ivy some more and then um after a certain point, Muriel's dad says they can get married, but Jekyll has lost control of himself and now no longer has to take the potion to turn into Hyde. And actually has to take a potion to not be Hyde. Uh, he goes back, even though Dr. Jekyll promises Ivy to protect her from Mr. Hyde, Mr. Hyde goes back and kills her in a really quite brutal scene. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jekyll contacts his doctor friend to bring him a kit in order to allow him to transform back into Jekyll from Hyde. His doctor friend makes him take the potion in front of him, and that's when he realizes, and he says, I'm not going to turn you in. But Muriel and her dad and all the drama there pisses off Jekyll one more time, and he turns into Hyde. Um, it's at this point where he almost kills Muriel. The cops come after him. His doctor friend realizes that he can't be saved, and they shoot him dead. I actually think he does kill somebody, either her dad or the butler, because they start screaming murder. I hope he killed her dad, because her dad sucked. A lot of the guys yeah. in this movie suck. Yeah. Kind of all the it's, guys in this movie suck. Yeah, it's the 1930s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk plot. Okay, um, I think as a thought piece, I think it's interesting. Uh, like to do. Have like, you read the, the book? I have not. So Robert Louis Stevenson wrote Treasure Island, which is like one of my favorite books yeah, ever. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Muppet movie. 
Exactly. If you ever get a chance, <laughs> I would recommend reading it. It's short, and Robert mm-hmm. Louis Stevenson has a really fun, like, adventurous tone to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're right. Exactly what you said. It is it's a nice thought piece, and it was a lot better to read it. Because this is yeah, just it was, dark. Like, this just felt very dry. In a way that dry. didn't feel... Like, there was obviously, like, the dark points mm-hmm. of him. And I feel like those scenes were, like, unnecessarily long. Um, but then there was just a lot of, like... This felt like more of an art, arty... More of those old movies that make you watch? <laughs> yeah. Let's hear this, hey? this, <laughs> this was definitely hitting that. Like, it, I felt like this movie could have been, like, 40 minutes shorter. <laughs> And I would have probably enjoyed it a little bit more. Okay. So for me, I enjoy the plot of it. I do think it was better as a book. My big issue with the plot is that it is really, really fucking mean to women. They have no agency. They are abused on every single level. They are not shown any kind of respect. And, like, it's just a really, really hard watch. And I didn't like Jekyll kind of from Jump. I think that's kind of what Frederick Marches was trying to get across in his performance. We'll get to it in audio. But, like, the scene, bef- the last interaction between Hyde and Ivy before Hyde kills her, so not the scene where he comes and kills her, the one before that, I was, like, really uncomfortable watching it. Like, yeah. it was abuse, like, on the screen. And it was really fucking uncomfortable because you know that happens, like, today with actual relationships yeah well and that's what i'm saying like it was unnecessarily long and it's like uncomfortable and i get that's like kind of the point but like there's a way to get across that dark feeling while being like not entertaining is the wrong word but like rachel always says it best is that there's a difference between punching up and punching down Yes, and obviously this film is trying to get across, and the novel is trying to get across is that like at its at man's base, the most the most refined man is still an animal, and if that animal was let loose, he'll be a terrible, and he will do terrible things. Um, and that's clearly what they're trying to get across here, right? Yeah. But fuck, man, if they don't make you feel just fucking miserable while they go about it. Yeah, and I think that's what honestly kind of made this feel very like dry to me is because there is a point where it's like okay i've like i get it i don't need to see be seeing any more of this like yeah that that middle scene where he abuses ivy is it's really long and it's really mean yeah well i mean even like in the bar when he like pulls over to the corner yeah it's just like overly long and overly mean and like Man, it's just and obviously there's a lot. It's it's a film of its time, and I do understand that. But we don't. We try not to do that for how scary we take that into account. Like with the Godzilla, yeah. and obviously with Caligari, we talked about before. But when it comes to plot, like I'm going to talk shit about movies that show women so weak because they never were that weak. It's just how men made them come across looking like. Yeah, and because of all that i don't like the plot i don't like this movie it's not fun to sit and watch oh god no it's the strength of this movie is in the last 
three categories. It's not here. This is very yeah. simple. It is the story of Jacqueline Hyde. Yeah. Uh, I gave it a five. I gave it a three. Cinematography, though. Cinematography is the obviously like you have like your transformation scenes, which are like fucking phenomenal. Incredible. There are also like a f- <laughs> like okay, this is gonna sound weird because I don't think we have ever talked about this before, but there's like some very minor stunts done as Hyde. Yeah. And they especially for 1931 like they're really fucking good like when he is unfortunately chasing ivy and like just fucking fully leaps over the stairs Mm -hmm. and like to get in front of her and then when he's like climbing the bookcase at the end or not the bookcase that like shelving yep at the end and then like breaking through the window like it's it's clear that a lot of thought went into obviously like the cinematography of this, like the uh, staging of the scene. And yeah, like what the staging. We do. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it comes through because it does look really good. There's my own Mr. Hyde right there. You're totally right, and I have an affinity. Like I do like these older films, so the black and white, the the dressing, and all that kind of stuff. I do enjoy that. I had never seen this transformation before. I'm not sure yeah. if you had like, nope. a, a compilation video or anything. No. So when I'm sitting never. there watching it, and I'm watching like his face actively change in front of me, I feel yeah. like tonight I'm just bashing on modern CGI techniques. Yeah, whatever. But what the it. fuck, dude? Why can't they do that now? That looked so good. And when I was doing the research and finding out, it was just like they were just changing lenses to get that to happen. Like, do you agree? Like, it's it's incredible. Yeah. That, and they do it I'm, backwards? And it, dude, it was I'm going to tell cool. you, this is my highest score because this is what really made me not fall asleep during this movie. It is remarkable. And, like, the thing that kind of made me, it reminded me of, is American Werewolf in London. I have not seen that movie front to back. However, okay. I have seen the transformation scene. Oh, the transformation and, scene is, like, iconic. And they shoot it in a brightly lit room, and they make you watch all of it. And obviously, that's a lot more body horror, a little bit grosser and stuff. Yeah. But this is just... This movie came out almost 100 years ago. And we yeah. have watched movies on this podcast, like, big, triple-A, big-budget movies that do not look this good. Yeah, I would agree. It is remarkable. And I think that Mammalian delivered something great here. I... I looked up the movie that it lost to for cinematography. It was Shanghai Express. I don't know. I, I didn't watch it, obviously. I didn't have time. I don't know why it beat this, but uh, holy I mean, it shit. It could be just because this is like, uh, like horror. Yeah, it, it honestly could be. But literally, if you don't... Like, similar to how last week we talked about, if you don't want to watch Jack Hyde, go listen to this, the uh, yeah. Calgary. Go listen to the Spotify track. If you don't want to watch this movie, I kind of get it. The plot really is, like Justin said, dry and mean and punching down. Go watch the transformation scene. Yeah. And recognize this happened almost 100 years ago. Yeah, it's it's really wild. 10. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. 10, absolutely. Cinematography. I am uh, audio. here. When I say cinematography? Yes. Oh, it's been a week and it's only Wednesday. Audio! <laughs> yes. Let's do score first. 
I'm not going to lie. I don't remember the score. And I watched this last night. I'm uh, bad with the name of famous piano songs, but it's like a famous, like, piano song. <laughs> okay. Like, I, 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 I couldn't tell you it was from this because I don't think it was from, like, it was not written for this movie, right? It's like a famous, like, okay. it's like a Resident Evil has that Moonlight Serenade or Moonlight Sonata. Yeah, Moonlight Sonata. It's, it's similar know. to that. I just can't remember what it is at the top of my head. Um, theme. I'm going to listen to it right now. Okay. Because uh, he plays it on the piano at the beginning, and he plays it on the piano at the end. Or towards the end. Not Tears of the Kingdom. Speaking of, I need to go beat that fucking game. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to. I just listened to it. I'm here. <laughs> I'll send it to you there. Um, it, it was... It's certainly a classical song. I'm not listening but... to it. Why is it not coming through? My sound screwed up. It doesn't matter. Uh, but yes, um, I like the score. It's not iconic. It wasn't written for this. It, if you like classical music, you're going to have a good time. Yeah. Well, With... so I I disagree because I enjoy like I. On my speaking of Spotify Raft, they, I have I saw who your number two was, Mister Nobu. Well, yeah, but like besides that, but like in my, they give you like a playlist of your most played songs. Uh huh. And like Dance Macabre and <laughs> uh, um, I think it's Ross Macrobay. Fucking smartass. Um. Okay, I'm not gonna sit here and go through my my, <laughs> my list, but like. I, I know have, you. You listen to a lot of orchestral stuff. I listen to like darker orchestral stuff, and I enjoy that stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I genuinely did not like this. Okay, talk to me about what you thought about uh, the performances, <sighs> with the exception of March. We'll save Jiggle for the okay. end. Okay. Um, I mean they fall very much in the what I don't like about these older movies. Yeah. Um, that they're very like over dramatized and even though I like them, like I like these kind of movies, I know what you're saying and it is not like like great performances. For example, and I'm only saying this because we constantly made fun of it the entire movie okay. was when Ivy was like, I'm gonna faint. Uh, like <laughs> I love it. It was fucking ridiculous <laughs> okay i'm actually with you there like i said okay. i i mean there's a reason why i watch tcm there's a reason why i watch these old movies right i yeah. do enjoy it yeah but i kind of consider it very similar to like i understand that there are better acting performances and so with that yeah. let's go to march what did you think of him as a character disgusting but he did do a weirdly good job with both sides of it i couldn't agree more i think we because we don't get the transformation into mr hyde until like 40-ish minutes into this 90 minute movie oh i'm fully aware (laughs) And in that first 40 minutes, we have a lot of, like, the setup, meeting Ivy, meeting Muriel, seeing what his science and everything is like. 
Yeah. And I feel like we are fully understanding that this well-veneered, calm person who loves his fiance and just wants to marry her and is just trying to pursue science and, you know, being a good man, that that's not what he is. That there is yeah. this worse version of him that is right there. So when Mr. Hyde does come out, it's not like a giant shock. And a lot yeah. of the time, even though Mr. Hyde is designed to look at the Neanderthal man, you still see Jekyll right there. And I think that, for me, is the part that is impressive. That is the part I think is the, probably the hardest to get across and not go like full animal, right? And full okay. monster. That is the part that really kind of blew me away. Um, I definitely see why he won an Academy Award for this role because I think it'd be so easy to just be like, oh, well-refined, like, no... Like, you knew that there was a bad person yeah, inside I, of Jackal. And we didn't really talk about this in cinematography, mm-hmm. but the POV scenes specifically oh, in front of the mirror... The opening, were, the opening scene? Yeah, when he's, like, getting ready and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's just... It was really good. Sorry, I just no. You're no. You're, you're, you're we hadn't you're talked totally about that. Right. And I, we needed to talk about it. Um, but yeah, he's he does play it off really well as okay. Clearly, he is. He's almost being like overly nice to the point of like, okay, what's this guy's story? Like, what's he hiding really? And on the flip side of that coin, when he's Mister Hyde, there are times where we see like the intelligence of Jekyll where we see some of the kindness of Jekyll of the understanding like this isn't who I'm meant to be right and I don't know I I think it was very impressive it's not enough to like raise the audio score for this into the upper stratosphere but I think taking this category separately the highlight is the performance of Frederick Marsh yeah I would agree I gave this a six and a half I give it a four. How scary. I don't find domestic violence scary. I find it really upsetting. Like and really hard because in a lot of ways you can't do anything about it. You could recognize that people are in a gaslighting relationship or an abusive relationship or like literally witness people be shitty to their partner. And yeah. like if the person doesn't want to do anything about it, you just have to sit there and be there for them. Yeah. And that's what it felt like when Ivy's friend was sitting there consoling her and then Hyde pops in and just like pieces out. Yeah. And I don't consider that scary though. It's just unsettling. Cause like I mentioned, like that happens. Like I'm sure yeah. you know, people, I, I know people where I, that's, their reality mm-hmm. and it fucking sucks and I fucking hate it and this movie made me feel that a lot and they didn't shy from it like they showed that Mr. Hyde was an animal that he was a piece of shit up to yeah. the point of killing Ivy yeah and it's like again it kind of comes back to the like we they obviously like they didn't shy away from it and it was just very uncomfortable. And I think the other part that would make this film scary would be the idea 
that you would want to separate the different sides of yourself and yeah. that's not me i think yeah, that the rage or the anger that i sometimes have or the hurt that i feel or the different emotions like that you have throughout the day the week the month the year your life build you into who you are yeah and i would never want to like fully cut off a part of that yeah that'd be weird so i would never willingly take that potion yeah well because then you wouldn't be you yeah like that's that's not something i ever like i never wanted to like pull that apart so yeah like i said i gave it a three it did make me uncomfortable but that's not really scary yeah i would i would give it a two just because it's just a very uncomfortable movie it is a for how beautiful the cinematography is on many 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 levels Justin yeah. said, I'm really happy you brought up the mirror monologues and then the transformation. This movie just, just <laughs> it's a lot in a bad way. Yeah. For plot, I gave it a five. Justin gave it a three. For cinematography, we gave it tens. For audio, I gave it a six and a half. Justin gave it a four. And for how scary, I gave it a three. Justin gave it a two. That gives it a here's Johnny final score rate 54. Higher than I thought it was going to be. Getting tens really can help you. Yeah, that's fair. Justin. Interesting. It is tied with Dracula, 1931, Halloween okay. 4, Pet Cemetery, the OG, and Signs. The films above it are Underwater, Resident Evil Apocalypse, and Captive State with 55%. And the films below it would be a 52 which is resident evil extinction the video games with 53 however are alan wake remastered and journey huh interesting i would much rather do any and all of those than watch this movie again <laughs> guys thank you for hanging out with us we're going to head on in to the closing and then wrap things up Justin, yes. Next week we're we're gonna be in the oldies for a while. We're doing the <laughs> Invisible Man, little what HG Wells. What are you Wells. watching it on? Uh, TCM again. Is it? I couldn't find it on there. Let me pull up YouTube TV right now to confirm. Hopefully, it won't just automatically pull up AEW. Okay, it didn't. Whew, thank God. Um, I just looked for the eye. I'll actually like have to fucking spell it out, I guess. Yep, The Invisible Man, TCM, 1933. Okay, cool. So it will be on there. I just have to... Yep, it was added 10 days ago. Oh, fucking perfect. I love TCM. So Oh, man, I'm going to watch much. that all earlier, like before I go to the, the Game Awards, because I have a seven-day free trial of TCM. <laughs> I don't... If I remember Invisible Man, I don't think it'll be missing much. Okay, uh, that's kind of the show notes. After that, I think we do have a game review. I'm pretty sure yeah. that it Wolfenstein is Wolfenstein 2. 2. 
So yeah. while Justin's at the Game Awards, and I'm looking for him to be crying in the crowd when they reveal FF9 Remake. Oh, fuck, man. I will be starting that. Um, any last thoughts, Justin? Yeah, don't watch this movie. I mean, like, realistically, I think out of all the movies we've seen, it is just too uncomfortable. It, Especially if you have experienced this kind of trauma or been around it. Like, I have people in my life who I had to stop interacting with. Yeah. Because it was too hard to watch them stay in relationships like that. Yeah, like, and that, that isn't to say there's, like, no merit in this movie because I do think, like, the transformations and, in like, some of the, performances, the cinematography. Yeah. Well, yeah, like, there are some really interesting things about this movie, but I think realistically you'd be much better served just to, like, look them up on YouTube or something. Just watch Caligari. Yeah. Guys, thanks for hanging out with us. We're going to head into the Patreon section, but until next time, stay scary. The Here's Johnny podcast is brought to you by Larry and Justin. You can find the show on Twitter at Here's Johnny Cast, and you can find Larry at Beaver LA. You can find Justin at Pickle Thing, and you can email the show at Here's Johnny Podcast at gmail.com. You can look us up on Facebook at Here's Johnny Podcast. As always, in the show notes, you can find links to the Discord and to the website. We are also on Instagram at Here's Johnny underscore podcast. Also in the show notes, we'll have a link to the Twitch and YouTube channels. And if you would like to support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Here's Johnny Podcast. Every cent goes into the show. And yeah, we just really use it to make the show better. Again, I just want to say thank you very much to our patrons. Uh, you guys help make this possible. But yeah, Patreon is the way we support the show. We are looking to get rich. And like Justin said, every dollar, every cent, it all goes back in. There's some pretty cool tiers, so head on and look at that. But until next week, see you guys later.